Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I wonder what you're facing right now that you're in the middle of that's got you discouraged. Maybe it's a diagnosis. Maybe it's a relationship. I wonder what you're in the middle of. Maybe it's your kids or some uncertainty about the future. I wonder what you're in the middle of. Maybe it was a, um, it was a sin, a gut punch to your soul where you, you screwed up. And you're thinking there's not much hope. In fact, part of whatever you're in the middle of, you're kind of in this decisive moment. Say, I could just walk. I wonder what you're in the middle of. I'm so glad when I was in the middle of my frustration, when I was in the middle of my discouragement and questioning and doubting that I took my next step towards Jesus. Because in the two and a half years since freedom started, we've seen 44 people make a decision to give their life for Christ. We've had seven people get baptized We've seen countless God sightings and lives being changed right in this place in our midst. We're seeing a movement that's just barely getting started. So I wonder what you're in the middle of and you're wondering, maybe I should go this direction because I want to tell you, following Jesus is not always easy. May not always feel good, but following Jesus is always better. I wonder what you're in the middle of. We're, we're starting a brand new series called No Perfect People Allowed. And this is so dear to my heart. This is like the DNA of our church in the sense of how we want to approach doing church. I want to set up this series like this. I've got a chart for you on a graph, one to ten. I want to ask you this question. On, on a scale of one to ten, it's about to get tense. How devoted are you to Jesus? You know, I'm not going to ask you for the answer. And you're not going to have to tell your neighbor. Honestly answer that question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how devoted are you to Jesus? 1 being like, nope, not at all. You may be like, Mike, I ain't even devoted. I'm like negative. 10 being like, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like, I'm ecstatic about Jesus. We're on fire right now. The tension is that we've got work to go on or things to do, but we might have grown up in a, in a church setting where if you weren't a 10, you're not in. And, and I want to let you know, if you're a 2 today, I'm glad you are here. And if you're a 10, you're a liar. <laughs> we all have a next step to take. And all I want as pastor of Freedom Church, all I want for you to know, is if you're a two or a four or a seven, let's say you're a seven, what's it going to take for you to be an eight? If you're a five today, what's it going to take for you to be a six? Because we can be like, oh, I got to get to a 10. No, just we are all about taking next steps in our faith with Jesus. One step at a time. And so all I want for you today is what would it take to, to bump up just a little bit and take one more step? What's that going to look like for you? See, 
we have it in our head or the communication has been the way the church has treated you or maybe the way the church treated somebody that you loved that you have to be perfect to be in. You can't just come as you are. We may say come as you are, but the way you were treated was like you got to get cleaned up before you get in. And that couldn't be any further from the truth. And so we've grown up with this idea that the church is, is this pretty little place for pretty little people and their pretty little lives. And when you read, when you read the Bible, when you see how Jesus lived, when you look at virtually every person written about in the Bible, they're jacked up. They are messed up, imperfect people. And here's what I know about you, because it's not just Bible people. You're jacked up too. The person sitting next to you, they're jacked up. Do not amen that. That's not very nice. <laughs> and if you're new to Freedom Church, welcome. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> you're jacked up. We're, we're screwed up. I just, I want this to be a place where we, where it's, where we can admit, I don't got it all together. I'm broken. I'm still figuring some things out. And that's a, that is so freeing to be able to drop the facade and take next steps forward, being able to admit that maybe I'm not uh, uh, perfect. I still got some next steps to take. Each week, over, over the course of this Easter season, we're going to be looking at individuals in the Bible. We're going to look at their imperfections. We're going to look at their weaknesses. And not to point fingers at them. Well, kind of, because we are kind of pointing at them. But we're going to learn from that. We're going to identify, oh, I got some weaknesses too. And I can make that a strength in my life. It's going to be a powerful series, y'all. Talking like my friend Danny. It's going to be a powerful series. Today we were going to look at Matthew. If you got your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew. He wrote the book of Matthew. But Matthew shares in chapter 9, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. He shares his own story where he encountered Jesus. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 9. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But the Pharisees, quick pause, Pharisees were the religious leaders, the teachers um, of the Jewish community. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? It, 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 it captures the attitude. It, it says, why do they eat with, the literal translation is tax collectors and sinners, but the attitude was, why, do they eat, why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call those not who think they're righteous, but those who know they are sinners. So today, why I'm passionate about this is because I'm going to share with you four things I want from ev for every person who ever walks in the doors of freedom. Four things for every person who ever walks through the doors of freedom. And the first one is acceptance. 
I want this church to be a place where everybody feels welcomed. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew. Notice it, it says he was sitting at the tax collector's booth. Now, we're not first century Jews, so this doesn't immediately leap off the page to us. But if there were levels of sin, you know how we're like, well, at least I'm not a murderer, okay? It would be back in the day, well, at least I'm not a tax collector. They hated tax collectors. They were traitors. They were, they were part of the Jewish community that went to work for the Roman government to collect taxes. Only thing was, they were shady, they were greedy, and they were harsh. So you were taxing the Jewish community, your people, but ripping them off and taking money from them over the top. People hated the tax collectors. They were scum. And so... And, and also sinful, like they were stealing from people. These were the lowest of the low. They were absolutely despised in their community. And so Jesus comes up and it says he was sitting there at the tax collector's booth. So when Jesus called Matthew, he was in the middle of his sin. Don't miss that. He wasn't clean and perfect. He was in the middle of it, in the act. And Jesus walks up on the scene. And he says, come and follow me. He could have said, you're wrong, Matthew. He could have said, stop it. But he said, come and follow me. The first thing that Matthew got from Jesus was acceptance. Paul writes about this in Romans chapter 15 when he says, accept each other as Christ accepted you. Say this with me. So that God will be given glory. Why do we accept people? So that they'll like us? Oh, I'll accept you because um, I don't want to cause conflict or, or stir up any trouble. No, I accept everyone, everyone, because it gives God, glory. And I looked up that word everyone in the Greek. You want to know what it means? Everyone. Gay, straight, trans, Republican, Democrat, black, white, Asian, Mexican, poor, rich. You name it if they're human. God loves them and accepts them. Period. And the church has gotten this one jacked up. I want everyone who walks in these doors. I don't care if you sinned last night, 10 seconds ago. You are welcome here. And that's tense for some people because they don't like that. That's, that, that can get messy it seems like it's all grace and no truth. Yeah. Who's, who's good at math? Anybody good at math? No one's going to admit. Who's bad at math? How about that? Who's bad at math? All right, all right, all right. Guess what? Jesus is on your side. He's terrible at math. This does not add up. Grace does not add up. It should be like, no, there, there's something wrong. Something should account for that. And grace doesn't, it doesn't add up. 
I, I do know Jesus does. He likes subtraction, okay, more than he does addition because it says somewhere in Scripture that Jesus knows the number of hairs on your head and mine just keep going out and out and out every single day. He likes subtraction over. Except each other just as Christ accepted you. Why? So that God will be given glory. Paul, who we're going to talk about in this series, murderer. He wouldn't even get hired on staff at a church because of his past. He wrote half the Bible. A lot of the theology that we write on accepting people comes from someone who was rounding up people and persecuting them and murdering them. But he gave his life to Christ. Acceptance. The second thing I want for people is hope. I want people, everyone who walks through these doors, to know that there is always hope. Who in here likes fast food? We're just admitting all these, all these things. Fast food, fast food, fast food, fast food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I went to Chick-fil-A yesterday. Like, they asked you like 20 times, is, is this what you want? Is this, you know, are you Mike still? And they're like, yes, I'm, I'm good. I like it. And they say my pleasure and they take care of me. Jesus gets invited to a dinner, but this ain't fast food. He, he, he comes over to Matthew's house with a party and he sits down and has a meal with these guys. Not only did he accept these guys and say, hey, come follow me. He sat down with them and he had a meal. Jesus, don't you think he was making a statement? I, I, I'm not just saying, hey, guy, what's up? What's up? No, I'm coming to your house, Matthew. And I didn't, I didn't see this um, when, I, when I've read through this so, so many times. It says, it didn't just go to Matthew. It says there were many, many tax collectors and sinners, many hated people, many people who were in the middle of their sin, were, they loved Jesus. They liked hanging around Jesus. Church isn't always known for being that place. And there was hope for them because Jesus was not afraid of their mess. I know I'm afraid of the mess. You start welcoming in people, you start accepting people. It's a messy situation. Why? Because we're human. I remember being at the airport a couple uh, months ago and my son had to go to the bathroom. He's four years old. And so he goes and he, he, he goes to the bathroom in the, in the little kid's urinal, which is great. And he, he goes and he pees, except for he's got his pants down to the ground because he's four and we're still, still learning that. He gets done going to the bathroom and the urinal's there and he goes, bonk. <laughs> and then he pulls his pants up and says, I'm ready to go, Dad. Pick me up so we can wash my hands. I'm like, get away! No way your head just went in the urinal! disgusting. He, I mean, it was, the people were looking at me weird because I'm like, it, it looked like I was abusing my kid in the bathroom because I had him sitting up on the sink and I got soap and I'm rubbing it all over his face and body and disaffected. And we come out and his hair's all jacked up and his face is all red. And Rita's like, what just happened in there? I'm like, don't even ask. I hate the mess. But Jesus, he jumped right into it. That's the whole reason he came. And there's hope for any of us today, no matter what you're in the middle of, that Jesus says, I'm right there with you. What I love about this passage, because I didn't see this either. It says the Pharisees 
saw this and they asked the disciples. They didn't go to Jesus. They asked the disciples who were there, why does he eat with such scum? Who answered though? Jesus. Oh, you're going to talk about me? You're going to, this is the whole reason I can't, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to jump in this mess. I got this one, boys. He's, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't just accept you. He's in on your behalf saying, I'm, I'm pursuing you. I'm coming after you. I want you. I'm jumping into the mess. And this is the third thing I want for anyone that comes in is connection. Connection. When, and, and what I mean by that, connection is being vulnerable. Where you can be real. Because that's what creates connection. I can have hope all day long, but until I'm willing to admit that I need some help and be a little bit vulnerable, I'm just going to be, it's going to be easier to point fingers. We'll look at them. We'll look at them. We'll look at them. That's what the Pharisees were doing. No, vulnerability, when I'm able to say I need some help, creates some connection in our lives. Jesus says, I came to call those, not who think they're righteous, but those who know I'm jacked up. Those who know I need some help. Later on in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus goes off on this same group of people, the Pharisees. It's amazing passage of scripture. It's like, oh, Jesus, like calm it down, man. I mean, this is, I mean, he did this and then they're like, nope, crucify him. Hypocrites. You shut the door on the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourselves and you don't let others in either. Hypocrites. Hypocrites. An actor. A stage player. One who hides behind the mask. Hypocrites. It's the gap between what we show and who we are. Christians... We're perfect for this. Hey, how you doing? We dropped the four-letter the four letter bomb, the Christian F word. Fine. I'm fine. When, when we know we're not fine. We might have been arguing on the way to church today. How you doing, brother? How, hey, hallelujah, glory to God. We, we, put, we know how to wear a mask. We're great at wearing masks. And it's not just church people. It's everywhere. We can wear a mask. You get church leaders who are like, hey, everything is awesome. We're leading a group and we hate each other. Our marriage is dead. And then things explode because we're wearing a mask. We're not willing to admit that we're broken and that we need some help. I want a place where you can find connection, where it's safe to open up and share where things are hurting it's safe to ask questions. I doubt. It's safe to say I need some help. And I get it. I get why we resist, some of us, because we've grown up in the church world. And you know, hey, I did that once, Mike, and I got burned bad. People turned on me. I, I, I either got uh, uh, put down or kicked out. Or someone who I know, who I loved, got treated that way. I'm not going to do that. And we put, I get that. I get that. But if you want healing, you cannot do it alone. We, God's put us here together. 
And connection comes through vulnerability. And that doesn't happen with fast food. <laughs> he shared a meal with these guys. The more time you sit at the table with people, the more time you're able to just laugh and at the same time weep. The more time you spend at the table with people looking in their eyes, the, the walls start to come down. This is why we have connect groups. So you can find a place where you can find connection, where you can find some hope, where you can find some healing. That's what I want. When you sit at the table and you start connecting, you're going to find healing. Because I'm being real about the junk in my life. So when we have connect groups, yes, we do Bible studies. But really, it's about a place where you can find some hope and some healing around some other people. And what I found, and I have guys in the room who can back me up because of the men's group that I've been in. When we start being real and we start being honest, what you'll find is the person sitting next to you is dealing with the same issue. And it wasn't until somebody was brave enough to speak up and voice, I'm struggling with fill in the blank, the person next to him said, I'm struggling with that too. And now we've created connection. And now I'm not alone. When you sit at the table and you find healing, you're going to find blessing. This isn't a popular point. But if you want blessing in your life, typically from God, it's not going to come from, hey, I got everything perfect and everything's great and everything's awesome and we're all super happy. What you find is people who are broken, who have a jacked up past, who have a mess on their hands and they're begging God to come through and he breaks them stronger on the other side and they say, I wouldn't wish this on anyone, but I would take this away either in fact, God has used this to strengthen me. And what you're also going to find, third thing is, when you sit at the table, other people connect, other people are going to be blessed through you. They're going to find healing. And it's going to be because, hey, guess what? You're not being fake. You're being real about your struggles. You're being real about your issues. I connect with you because you're real. You're not a hypocrite. I want everybody who comes through these doors to find that safe place of connection. And it takes time. It takes getting in relationship. It takes being vulnerable to do that. I want people to be accepted. I want people to find hope. And I want people to find connection. And the fourth thing is I want people to meet Jesus. Because when you meet Jesus... When you really, truly meet Jesus, it changes everything. Matthew went to work that day to sit at his table. He went to work that day as a tax collector with little joy, with little peace, with a lot of shame, knowing back to the grind again, knowing that people do not like me. They look down on me. I'm an outcast. And then he met Jesus. He was in the middle of the mess and he met Jesus. And it says he got up. Come and follow me. This is 
the tension because he got up. And I wonder what was in the middle of his thoughts. I wonder how, how hard it was. Maybe it wasn't hard at all. I wonder what he was thinking when he got up. What is my next step going to be? Back to the old or into the new? This is Matthew's story. And I wonder what you are in the middle of right now and what next step you're going to take when you get up to leave here today. All of us have a next step to take in our relationship with Jesus. I don't know what that is. That's between you and God. What I love about this scripture, Matthew shares his story. If you read Matthew chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 9, I would encourage you, get into the Word and read it. What's interesting is there's all these miracles. It's miracle, miracle, miracle. Matthew's story, miracle, miracle. Healing people, calming the storm, paralyzed person, raising someone from the dead. Matthew's salvation story. It's very interesting why Matthew chose to put that right in there and in the middle of all of these powerful miracles. And I got to think that it is that one of the biggest miracles that takes place in your life and my life is when you meet Jesus. When you give your life to Jesus and you receive salvation, and eternity is changed like that for your soul. Something changes in our lives, and it is a miracle that God does it because you can't earn it. You can't do anything to earn God's grace and favor. And He showed up in Matthew's life, and He's showing up in your life today. You're like, no, 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 not me. Like, Mike, I'm too far gone. I've denied Jesus. I've denied even knowing God. I don't have any um, track record for any of, like, I would be the last one picked. And I want to tell you today, you're the perfect person to be used by God in a powerful way. You're in the perfect position to be used by God in a powerful way. And, you're, and there is no coincidence that you have shown up here today and here's this little bitty pastor who's saying, God loves you. He's pursuing you. He loves you. He wants to use you in a power. It is no coincidence that you've shown up here today on Time Change Sunday, on a cloudy Sunday, when it would have been easier to stay in bed saying, no, you are the perfect one that God wants to use. I want people to meet Jesus. Because when they meet Jesus, things change. I can't, I, you know, we could, we could argue all day and point at this is a sin, not a sin. This is a sin, not a sin. I don't know. And we can argue all day long. That would be the Pharisees. But when you meet Jesus... And he speaks to your soul. <laughs> that's all you that's that's what you need. I can't convince you. I want you to believe in Jesus. I want you to meet Jesus, but I can't do that. 
Only Jesus can do that when he speaks directly to you, which is why I want people to meet Jesus. He's the one that brings change in our lives. We want to see change, but I want people to meet Jesus. When he, this, this last, in the, at the end of chapter 9, after Matthew records his salvation story, and he records a few more miracles, in verse 36, it, it, it captures another piece of, of Jesus. It's a different, a different scene now. But Jesus, he says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. So his disciples who were there, he said to them, the harvest is great. Look out there. There's a harvest and it's great. But the workers are few. So pray to the Lord. I want you to look out. Look out there and see a harvest. But I want you to pray. I want you to look up because He's the source. He's the one that's going to bring it. Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask Him to send more workers into the field. Look out, look up, and then go out. A church that gets this, a church that gets this, you will change the world. A church that says, I'm going to accept you no matter what. The first century church accepted people. It was totally different for that culture to say women, equal. Children, equal. Slaves, there's, there's no Gentile, there's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no slave, there's no, it's everyone's equal now. They, were, they called death, they said they went to sleep. They weren't afraid of death anymore because of what they saw Jesus do. All of this banked on not Jesus saying nice things and doing nice things for people, it all banked on a resurrection. That there was, not only was Jesus willing to jump into the mess, not only was he willing to die for us and our sins, but there is hope because he brought victory when he rose from the dead. And that's what I want for people when they meet Jesus, when they come in here. That they find acceptance, that they find hope, that they find a place where we're not fake. That you can be you. You are who you are in Christ. I don't care what anybody else says about you. You are who Christ says you are. And that's it, period. And when I meet Jesus, I can take my next steps of faith. So as we round this out this morning, you've got a couple things in your hand that I want to go over. Our very first church service. Some of you guys were there. We rolled out the Jesus can. This is a trash can today is representative saying, I believe that Jesus can. And I don't know what you need to fill in the blank. The area I need for Jesus to move the most in my life is fill in the blank. And what I want you to do, Nate's going to play a song. I want some movement. We're going to get up and move. I know it's kind of weird in church for some of us. 
I'm going to put this can right here. But as a way of just saying, hey, I, want to be- I believe that God can. We have a prayer team who wants to pray with you and pray for you throughout the course of the week. So don't put your name on there unless you want to. You don't, but just fill it in and we're going to pray over. What are we believing God for in this season? Jesus, I believe you can. I need some help. What are you in the middle of? Let Jesus work on your behalf. We'll put it in here and say, Jesus, I believe you can. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you wanna partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's gonna get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.